0: My name is Shannon Eid. And my husband, David and I, are um, Covenant members. And I too want to add my Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Um, I have had one of the highest privileges and honors in my life um, to be called Mama by Patrick, Daniel, and Ellen. And um, they're awesome humans. And I'm um, mother-in-law to Natalie and Angie who are amazing, so prayed for, and incredible daughter-in-laws. I've also had the privilege of being a foster mom to Amia, Julia, Javon, and Domino, and foster grandma to Max, Ava, Luca, and Julius. And in all these wonderful roles and opportunities, it's just caused me to be so thankful for all these beautiful children. They're such a blessing and our world doesn't always see it that way but they're amazing and they've just my heart just bursts with joy sometimes just from looking at them and realizing what a privilege and honor it is to be with them Um, in each one of those roles though too of course you come to the end of yourself within about me about 45 minutes I mean I've got nothing but in each of those roles too I have so many opportunities to cry out to our father and I can tell you from experience that the one who calls us is faithful and he will do this and he's the one who makes us fruitful. So in times when it's easy and just joyful and giggly and times when it's hard and times when it's overwhelming and really hard and scary, we can look to him. He makes us fruitful. Our reading is from Galatians 5, 16 through 25. But I say, walk in the spirit idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, and things like this. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Amen.
1: Um, well, hey, my name is not Travis. I'm Tori i the lead pastor here at The Will. Um, But I did want to introduce Travis because this is his first time preaching at the well. And so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hey, for those of you who do not know, uh, we really are serious about pushing back darkness. In fact, we believe that we as a church can literally do that, that we are literally here to push back the kingdom of Satan and to advance the kingdom of God on earth. And we believe that the local church is the means by which to do this, and so we desire to plant churches in light of that, that we would actually see 100 churches planted nationally uh, in our first 50 years as a church, and we believe that we can do that, and Travis is a piece of that, and so uh, you already heard from his wife, uh, Excel, who is up here doing the call to worship, but I want to bring Travis up, and uh, you know, when it's your first time in a new place, it's kind of hard, y'all, so <laughs> don't, don't be hating on them, all right? Come on. Come <laughs> on. Thank you. I want to pray over him before we dive in and invite you to pray as well. Um, Just so you know, Travis will be here for two years. And so my prayer is actually that for some of you, uh, as you get to know him over the course of these next two years, you would feel called to go on a church plant and to push back darkness in that way as well with he and Excel and his family. And so uh, would you pray over him today and even pray over yourself that, ma'am, in the next two years, maybe you would feel called to go and to be a part of a new work in this city. So let's pray together. Um, Father, we thank you. Uh, for this man, um, that you have called him, you have gifted him, um, you have spoken to he and to excel and to his family to be a part of pushing back darkness through the local church. And so, God, I pray that our hearts would be tied to His. If you would call us to go, I pray that we would be able to see the mission and the vision that we'd be a part of that. Jesus, we thank you for allowing us to. Be a part of a few church plants already, God. We pray that uh, there would be multiple more. We pray that this man would be able to plant a church and that that church would be able to plant churches and that your kingdom would come, Jesus. We desire your kingdom to come. And so, God, I thank you for him. I thank you for his humility. Uh, one of the humblest men I've ever met, actually. Um, I thank you for his gentleness, for his kindness, for how he displays even what we'll be talking about today, the fruit of the spirit. And so we pray just blessing over him and. Um, over his time here at the well, uh, that you would do really beautiful work through he, through his wife, through his kids, through his family, um, through us, Jesus, as we push back darkness and exalt your name. This is for you and about you, and you are the only one that matters, Jesus. And so we pray you would be exalted even today um, as we receive your word from this brother. Praise in your beautiful
2: name, amen. Amen. Thank you. As Tori said, my name is Travis Luna. I'm the church plant resident here at the well. And I've always wanted to say this, I go to the Northeast CG. <laughs> my fam, where's Anthony at? Let's get him back out here. Um, but no, thank you. Uh, I moved here, me and my family moved here uh, four months ago. Never had lived in Austin, just came here, didn't know anybody in the city. And so we've been here about, for about four months. We moved here from the California uh, Bay Area. And I say that with caution so that I don't get judged for all your property taxes going up. Oh, it's his fault, I can't find a home. It ain't me, okay? The Lord drew me here, so so take it up with him. Um, honestly, most people I've met in Austin actually aren't even from Austin. Like, I, a lot of people are from other places, but uh, we moved here four months ago, and uh, we'll, I'm gonna throw a picture up here uh, real quick. Um, my wife, Excel was already up here, and so she got to share a little bit, but we have three kids, Ezekiel, Hadessa, and Levi, eight, six, and four. And so they, uh, they came along with us, even though there were grandparents that wanted them to stay there. We, we brought them along, but uh, I just wanna say thank you to everybody who we've gotten the chance to meet so far, like everybody's kindness, and just so welcoming towards me and towards my family has just been great, everybody except for Huli. Huli's kind of sassy to me all the time, I don't know what it is. Don't believe what her stories say, okay? They are not true, um, unless it's about the weather or spiritual things, then they are true. I'll take it, I'll take it. But no, even Huli. everybody has just been so kind and welcoming to us. And if I hadn't had the chance to meet you yet, I would love to, me and my family would love to get together sometime. You can. Uh, email me. My email's on the church website, or you can catch me in between gatherings. All right, so uh, I was an associate pastor full-time for almost nine years in California, and at the time when I left California and came to Austin, I was actually preaching like every other week at my church, but since I've came to Austin, I haven't preached, and so it's been like four months, so today's either going to be really good because I got some rest, or it's (laughs) going to be bad because I'm a little rusty, so Uh, to god be the glory right either way but i've been looking forward to this series not just because i got to preach but because of what we get to talk about and we're in our empowered by the spirit series we get to talk about the holy spirit and what's crazy about this is is that um is that the holy spirit isn't just a topic that we get to talk about but it's our god who we get to know And so when we come and when we gather during these few weeks, like, doctrine is important. I love it. Like, eschatology, study of the end times, that's important. Ecclesiology, study of the church, important. But when we get to gather and just learn about who God is, that is what's really special. And so as we're in this series, every time we gather, I want you just to be thinking, like, we're not going to dissect um, some doctrine or some topic, but we're going to actually learn about God and who God is is and uh and that's someone that we're learning about is the giver of life like tori talked about last week he gives both natural life he is the raw the breath in our lungs but he also brings spiritual life he brings regeneration and the new birth and not only does he bring life but he transforms our lives here on earth and so that's what we're going to talk about the graphic right here pursuing the holy spirit's work In our lives. So if you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and grab them. Hopefully, you still have them open. If you don't have a Bible, there's some at the tables in the back. You can grab a hard copy there. But we're going to get into our text for today. Galatians 5, we're going to begin in verse 16. As Shannon read, thank you, Shannon, for reading that. You had me over there almost crying with all of that. I was like, oh, I miss my kids and I love my mama too. Like, oh. Um, But it says this Galatians 5 16 says this, but I say, walk by the spirit. I want to stop right there just after that first word but right there because it's important because Paul is connecting what he just said with what he is now getting ready to say. And Paul in the beginning of Galatians chapter 5 was actually actually addressing false teachers, which we talked about a few months ago in 2 Peter. And so there were false teachers who were going around and telling Gentile believers that in order for you to be a true follower of Jesus, you actually had to be circumcised. And so these grown men are like, wait, we got to be circumcised? Like, is that a for sure thing? And for those who don't know what circumcision is, anthony at the You can email him. He would be happy to explain it to you, all right? Um, he's going to go into the office, get like 15. Why is everybody emailing me about what circumcision is? No, I'm just playing. Um, but, but he begins to address these false teachers and how, no, that's not true. We have liberty and we have freedom through Christ. And then he addresses the opposite of that. Well, just because we are free from, free from the uh, Mosaic law, just because we are free from the law, doesn't mean we can just go and live life however we want and do whatever we want. Paul says earlier in Galatians 5, he says, use your liberty, use the freedom that Christ has given us to not pursue the desires of the flesh. But he says, but I say, walk by the Spirit. Let's continue on, but. So that's kind of what he talked about a little bit. He talked about the freedom that we have in Christ. Next two words is, I say. We're gonna stop right there. All right, I know we're only three words in, and you're like, is this dude ever gonna get, we got like nine verses, he can't even get through three words, don't worry. We'll get there, we'll get there. But he says, I say. And as I was reading this over and over during this week as I was preparing, I just kept overlooking it, like, okay, Paul is speaking, that's obvious. Paul is writing to these churches in Galatia, or Galatia, that's obvious. But then, as, a, as I begin to think and pray about this, these four letters, these two words, I say, man, I, my eyes were just opened, and I begin to think how remarkable this is because if you know who Paul used to be, then, then it makes more sense. Paul is saying, walk by the Spirit, but when Paul was first introduced in Scripture in Acts chapter seven, Paul's not saying anything, Paul is silent. And he's standing there while Stefan, I say Stephen. you could say Stephen, but I'm a Warriors fan, so it's Stefan. While Stephen, <laughs> While Stephen is sitting there about to be stoned to death, Paul is saying nothing. He's standing there silent as men take their jackets off, put them at his feet, pick up stones to kill him. Paul has nothing to say then. Next few verses actually go on and say that Paul was ravaging the churches. So how does Paul go from being silent and ravaging churches to encouraging churches. That only becomes a reality through the power of the Holy Spirit working in the hearts of a believer. The Holy Spirit isn't just for Pentecostals, all right? He's not just for the Charismatics, but Holy Spirit, he is for all believers. He is a gift to all who follow Jesus Christ. To be Spirit-filled is a gift from God. So Paul went from ravaging churches to planting churches by the Holy Spirit. Paul hears the gospel. Stephan preaches the gospel. He hears it. And he's on this road called Damascus. And Jesus meets him there, and he goes blind, and, and he's sitting in this room now. He's blind. And Jesus himself speaks to a man named Ananias. And we're going to throw up this verse in Acts chapter 9, verse 17. Jesus speaks to Ananias to go and to pray for Paul. And it says this in Acts chapter 9, 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house. He's going to find Paul. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, that was his former name, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Spirit. Paul was filled with the Spirit, and the Spirit Moved in Paul's life. And so Paul is getting ready to talk about how the Holy Spirit transforms our lives. But Paul isn't just talking about it. Paul's life is actually an example of what it looks like when the Holy Spirit transforms our hearts. Let's continue on. He says in verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit. What does that mean? Just think about it to yourself for a second. What does walking in the Spirit mean? Does that mean everywhere we go, we're like prophesying and speaking in tongues, like everywhere we walk, that's what we're doing? No. We're going to unpack it a little bit more in a second. But overall, what it means is to walk by the Spirit means to behave, live, and conduct our lives by the Spirit of God. We follow His Word. We bear fruit. That's what it means to walk by the Spirit. And this is a choice, The Holy Spirit is indwelling in all believers. But to walk by the Spirit, to be aware of the Holy Spirit with us and how the Holy Spirit wants to work and use us in our lives is a choice. Holy Spirit is more than just a manifestation of this power. The Holy Spirit is more than just a giver of these dramatic gifts oftentimes that we think of. he's, He's more than just a force. This is what Tori has been saying the past two weeks. He's not an it. He's not a force. He's not a force that just meets with us, but he is God. He is our daily sustaining, inspiring, and guiding power in the believer's life, and so we should be encouraged by that. We'll talk more about Walking by the Spirit later, but the end of verse 16 says this: But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What is the flesh? Our flesh is our natural desires, our old nature, our fallen state, our ungodly affections and actions. And so Paul's saying, if you walk by the Spirit, you won't carry those out. There's freedom in that, but wait a sec. Because I feel like I walk by the Spirit. But I also feel like there are times when I gratify the flesh. Look at what we read in verse 24. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. How many of you feel like you belong to Christ? All right, ain't nobody. That was a real one, that was a real one, all right? He was like, all right, is he like, I, I'm not sure about this guy yet. That was a real one. Those who belong to him, like, we, I mean, I feel like I belong to him, but I don't feel like the flesh is crucified. I still feel like it, it's alive and it's kicking. So, like, anybody ever asked the question, like, what the heck's wrong with me? Like, why do I still have these struggles? Why do I still wrestle with these things? If scripture says those who belong, the flesh is crucified, why do I still feel like I struggle? Paul has, I believe that Paul had a certain image in his mind there was an ancient punishment used in the Roman Empire where a living criminal would be attached to a dead body where he was to live out his last few weeks attached to a dead body. And so this, this rotting, stanky, like not smelly, stanky, maggot-filled corpse. I know, happy Mother's Day, right? Yeah, happy mother. <laughs> We're good. They would drag this dead body around, and sometimes that's how it feels for us. We are alive, we are living, yet it feels like there's this dead, stinky body attached to me. Paul says in Romans 7:24, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Paul pictured himself and all of us as believers, free in Christ, delivered and alive through the Holy Spirit, yet there still is this body attached to us. So yes, we are a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5:17. Yet we still have this body of death attached to us until we reach glorification in eternity with Christ. But there is a promise here in verse 16 that those who walk by the Spirit will not gratify the desires of the flesh. He says that we will not not, well, there's a good chance if you walk by the Spirit you won't, or maybe if you walk by the Spirit. No, you will not. And this is freedom for us. This is the greatest transformation that the Holy Spirit can bring is that we have freedom knowing that we're not bound to sin anymore, but we are free through the Holy Spirit. This freedom can only be sought in the Spirit of God, and so we can rest knowing that victory will come even though we struggle even though sometimes there feels like there is a war and that we're just never going to be free from this know that we will not the answer isn't moralism it's not trying harder it's not doing better which is some, sometimes what we fall to we think man i stumbled man i'm struggling here so what i need to do is i need to outweigh the bad with the good Growing and being transformed isn't the, in the Holy Spirit, isn't just saying no to sin, but it's saying yes to the Holy Spirit. It's not just saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to abstain from that. No, of course we should flee from temptations. Of course all of that is real, but it's saying yes to walking in the Holy Spirit. You can do all the right things, but until we submit and yield our lives to the Holy Spirit's transformation, it'll never come. Books, Seminars, conference won't do it. True change comes through the Holy Spirit. Even as I was preparing for this message, I'm like, God, it don't even really, technically, it don't even matter what I say. I mean, it kind of matters what I say, but it don't even matter. Like, you're the one who's doing this because it's only through Him. Verse 17, we got to go. We are killing out of time. (laughs) Uh, Verse 17, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit, are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do so the encouragement that Paul gives us is hey walk by the Spirit and the result is you won't gratify the desires of the flesh and then he gives us in verse 17 he shows us why this is such a big deal is because the Spirit of God is at war in our flesh against our flesh look at these highlighted verse words we got here against the Spirit against the flesh opposed to keep you from. These are fighting words, right? They are opposed to each other. What makes the flesh feel like, though, such a tough opponent or such a tough opposition that we have in our life is because we can't escape it. It's that body of death that is attached to us. We can't escape it while we're here on earth. You could put you on a deserted island all by yourself and sin would still be there because you're still there. In the words of Pastor Tory the Great, you ain't that dope. Like, <laughs> sin gonna be there. <laughs> right? So no matter how hard we try to remove ourselves from temptations, remove ourselves from culture, of course those are important, and we should cut those certain things out of our lives, the problem is still going to remain. Jerome, who was an early church father, read what he said here. He said, Oh, how often I imagined that I was in the midst of the pleasures of Rome, when I was stationed in the desert. So this guy became a monk and he, he removed himself to the desert. In that solitary wasteland, which so burned up by the heat of the sun. Anybody know what the heat of the sun is? Man, this Texas heat is killing me. and It ain't even that hot yet. He says, I was burned up by the heat of the sun that it provides a dreadful habitation for the monks. I who, because of fear of hell, had condemned myself to such a hell. Who had nothing but scorpions and wild animals for company often thought I was dancing with a course of girls. My face was pale from fasting, but my mind burned with passionate desires within my freezing body, and the fires of sex seethed. He said, I removed myself into a desert, and my only friends were scorpions and wild animals, yet my mind still wanted to be in Rome where my flesh could be satisfied. There are times when what the flesh, or excuse me, So we can never withdraw from the flesh, but we also don't have to forfeit the flesh either. But we have victory through walking by the Spirit. The end of verse 17 says this. They are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. There are times when what my flesh wants to do, the Spirit keeps me from doing like, there are times when, like you've seen this in your own life, the flesh and the spirit are opposed. Sometimes we can get this weird image though where it's like good angel, bad angel on our shoulders, but it, it's, it's, it's real, the spirit of God against our flesh. And so there are some times where I want to do something or I wanna say something, but it's just straight up my flesh and sinful and the Holy Spirit convicts me and before I do it or after I do it sometimes, but then there are also times when my, when my flesh stops me from doing what the Holy Spirit wants me to do. I pray for somebody, evangelize, read my Bible, pray. Like there are times where my flesh stops me, but victory will come because these are not two equal forces. These are not these are not equal. I grew up in church, and so I remember one time I was like eight years old, and there was like this play going on. It was like Jesus and the devil, and they had boxing gloves, and they were going, and then they were boxing, and then the devil would all of a sudden seem like the devil's winning, and I'm like, oh, I remember being young, and I still like WWE at that time. Like I was like, oh, this is so real. Oh no, Jesus. Oh no, and so and so, and then all of a sudden Jesus starts wailing, and it's like, oh, he rose from the dead. Yeah, that's it. And he knocks him. And but as I got older, and I began to understand scripture, I was like bro this ain't even a contest like why are he don't even belong in the same ring as christ but we have this idea of oh it's oh they're ev- they're equal but if we walk by the spirit there is freedom he says in verse 18 let's continue on but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law we talked briefly about moralism but the antidote to the flesh is not rules it's not following the law, but it's following the Spirit. Yet at the same time, that doesn't mean we can all just be Spirit-filled, meaning we just want to do whatever we want and not not follow um, Scripture as well. So um, being free from the law doesn't mean we now become the moral standard, where we get to pick what we do or how we think we should live, but it's guided by the Spirit. And if you are guided by—whether you're guided by the Spirit or you're guided by your flesh, it's evident— it's obvious. And this is what Paul says in Galatians 5, 19. He says, now the works of the flesh are evident. He said they're obvious. And he's going to list 15 of them. And that says nine minutes, and I ain't got time to go through all 15 of them. So we're going we're to lump them into categories here for a second. And so the first three that we're going to highlight are sexual sins. Works of the flesh Sexual sin, sexual immorality. This is general. All sex outside of a biblical marriage, um, fornication, adultery, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Tori defined sensuality a few weeks ago in our um, Second Peter series as as this. He said, "Sensuality is doing what feels good or easy to digest, and it's giving in to sexual desires. It's giving in to our flesh." The reason that I think Paul singles these out in a way is because of what we read a few weeks ago in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. It says this, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? So sexual sin, he says, it's against our body, and that's where the Holy Spirit dwells. This is a work of flesh these are works of the flesh not only that but false worship second category he says idolatry and sorcery idolatry is putting something in the place of god giving it our affections giving it our time our money and our worship if you will this is romans 1 we worship creation rather than creator he says sorcery now i don't know if there's many wizards in here, or, or, or witches, there, there might be, but sorcery and magic are regularly condemned throughout all, throughout all of scripture. But it's this idea, so, so idolatry is worship of something else. I believe that sorcery is a form of self-worship, because we try to find out the future, we try to read our horoscopes, we go to fortune tellers to try to find out what the future has so that we can manipulate it into what we want. It's a form of self-worship. Not only that, but in 1 Samuel 15, uh, the Bible says that rebellion is a form of witchcraft. It's a form of divination. And so when we rebel against God, when we live according to the flesh, when we do what we want to do, live how we want to live, that's a form of self-worship. That's a form of witchcraft. Next group is social sins, enmity, strife, jealousy, Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, and envy. Enmity and strife, there's discord, there's altercation, there's always drama. Jealousy, rivalries, we're resentful of what other people have. Fits of anger, I don't wanna talk about that one because that that's one of my struggles, okay? So Tori's like, he's so humble, and I'm like, yes, I try to be, but it's tough, okay? dissensions and divisions, choosing to be divisive. Eight out of the 15 have to do with how we interact with other people. And if you want to take the sexually, immoral, the sexually immoral ones, we could throw those in there too. Why do so many of these have to do with how we interact with people is because the way that we live, whether we walk by the Spirit or the flesh, doesn't just affect us, but it affects the community that we are around. And Paul had this in mind. Look at what he says in the verse before we read of what we read and the verse after what we read. Look at in verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Verse 26, right after what we re- just read, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. If whether if I'm walking by the Spirit or not, it's gonna affect my wife. It's gonna affect my children. It's gonna affect my uh, co-workers and affect Juliana okay which I'm sure she's very concerned about it's gonna it's gonna affect all around me whether I'm walking by the spirit or I'm producing the works of the flesh it is going to affect the community around me and so we can't operate as if this is just my sin but are we willing are we going to produce the fruit of the spirit that we're going to talk about in a minute that will nourish feed and strengthen those who are around us and the reason i want to take a second just to kind of go through this list because oftentimes we can see a big list like this and there are things that are big on there and we're like oh no i ain't doing that like sorcery some of y'all are like no i ain't doing sorcery No adultery no that ain't me no drunkenness those ain't me nope but then there's those little ones where you're like envy maybe but that's not as big of a deal those ones aren't as big of a deal strife isn't jealousy like that's not as big of a deal yet matthew 27 18 says that out of envy Christ was delivered into the hands of Pilate. And so maybe all of these actually have a lot of weight. And then he goes on the fourth category, drunkenness, orgies, and then he just sums it up, and things like these. Just in case there were some of y'all who was like, he said, in case there were some of y'all who were like, you know what, he didn't say my thing, no. He said, and things like these, okay? Because he knows how the human heart works. Don't be trying to be sly. And then he ends it in verse 21, and he says, I warned you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is what's at stake, the kingdom of God. And though we stumble and though we fall, Paul is talking here about those who continually the, ver- the tense of this verb is those who continually, who practice these things, who are constantly shutting the Holy Spirit up in their lives, shutting up the Holy Spirit when he's leading you, shutting up the Holy Spirit when he's telling you, hey, you may want to stop that. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul knew that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And no matter what we've done, no matter what we do, no matter what we will do, no matter what we're doing now, he knew that those who are saved will begin to look differently. And C.S. Lewis says, the grace that does not change my life will not save my soul. And the evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives is that we no longer are working for the flesh, but we are producing the Spirit. The transformation that the Holy Spirit does in us doesn't just... um, it doesn't just come natural doesn't just come from an outside source but it comes through the Holy Spirit Matthew or Galatians excuse me five twenty two through twenty three this is uh, where we're gonna get everybody's like I thought we were talking about the fruit of the Spirit we're getting into it right now okay it says this but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control against such things there is no law how different a life looks in the Spirit than in the flesh right impurity idolatry strife as opposed to kindness joy and self-control a few things i want to point out here is notice it's works of the flesh as opposed to the fruit of the flesh like why is it not the works of the flesh and the works of the spirit or the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit a few things is because one of them is singular the works of the flesh like i could work in some of these things but in others maybe i don't struggle but with the fruit of the Spirit, it is singular. It's a singular unit that all of these are growing in me simultaneously. They're not like gifts that, oh, well, I have the gift of love. You know what? I just don't have the gift of kindness. No, you're just a jerk, okay? Like, <laughs> let's, be, let's keep it real. I just struggle with joy. Okay, you're just, you're just sourpuss all the time. Like, like no, all of these grow like we can't say we we have love but don't have kindness, or we have we have self-control but we don't have patience. No, that's not that's not it. They are singular. There is they are one as they are growing inside of us. Not only that, but works are laborious, whereas fruit is produced striving to find happiness. So we're striving, we're doing these works of the flesh, striving for happiness, striving um, to satisfy our flesh, even though it'll never happen. And so we turn to these things, we turn to sexual immorality, we turn to idolatry, we turn to strife and to all of these things to try to satisfy us, but it won't happen. It's laborious and it's tiring and exhausting to continue to try to please our flesh. There's a, if you ever seen the movie Greatest Showman, there's a song on there, uh, Never Enough, and uh, that song goes right there, that song slaps. Uh, people still say slap, fire, it's gas, whatever, I don't know what people are saying these days. But it says this, it says, all the shine of a thousand spotlights, all the stars we steal from the night sky will never be enough, never be enough. Towers of gold are still too little. These hands could hold the world, but it'll never be enough, never be enough. Thank you for not singing it, I appreciate it. I know some of you are like, no, ah. thank you. But this is true. Like, we could have a 1,000 spotlights and the stars pointing at us. And we'd be like, man, I wish I had a little bit more recognition, a little bit more success. Man, we have towers of gold. Man, I wish they were a little bit taller. I wish I had a little bit more wealth. We could hold the world in our hands, and it wouldn't be enough. Like, Elon Musk, like the richest person ever, and this dude's focused on Mars. Like, that's kind of cool. But at the same time, it's not enough. And this is why the work, these are works of the flesh, because we're laboring, 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 looking for the answer, looking for the joy, looking for real love and real peace and real kindness, and we're looking in these things, and we can't find it, and it is exhausting. We are not called to work really hard to have the fruit of the Spirit, but it's a natural gift. If we need fruit right now, most of us are going to go to an external source to get that fruit. We're going to go to H-E-B, or we're going to go to a farmer's market, or we're going to go wherever to get that fruit. And oftentimes we can think that the fruit of the Spirit is something like that, something that we have to receive. Rather, it's something that the Holy Spirit produces on the inside of us. And so even, even God, I don't have to go to God and say, God, give me love, give me joy, give me this. But as I walk in the Spirit, those things are just naturally produced inside of me. We as believers don't receive the spirit by works, but through the gospel. Look at what Galatians 3.2 says. Let me ask you only this. Did you re- receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? We heard it by, hear- we received the spirit by hearing the gospel. And so the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, this is an outward expression that Christ dwells on the inside of us. As we read that, I hope that you thought of Christ instantly, love, joy, peace. The image that Paul gives us in calling it the fruit of the Spirit is like a harvest of Christ growing inside of us. This is Christ. Christ is our example. I'm going to show you a few verses going through all of these real quick. And in teal is going to be the fruit, is, is going to be the characteristic, if you will, and then what's in yellow is actually going to be how it affects us. Because remember, the fruit that we bear doesn't just affect us, but it affects community. So look at love. By this we know love, that he laid down his life. Christ produced love, and that love was not selfish, but he laid down his life. Joy. He said that, I, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Christ produced joy so that you and I can have joy. Peace, I leave you, that let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. His peace was not a selfish peace, but it helped us to not allow our hearts to be troubled or afraid. Patience, he said his perfect patience was an example so that we could receive mercy, just as Paul received mercy. His goodness and kindness was not just for himself, but his goodness and kindness saved us. His faithfulness, he was the faithful high priest, and through his faithfulness gave us, made propitiation for our sins. His gentleness, it wasn't a selfish gentleness, but his gentleness will give our souls rest. His self-control, the fact that he didn't just start slapping people when he was getting persecuted, was actually him fulfilling scriptures. Christ is the greatest example of what it looks like to walk by the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to bear the fruit of the Spirit. But not only is Christ the example, but Christ came to make it possible. It's through Christ that we're able to bear fruit. John fifteen five through 8 says this, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He makes it possible. Verse 8, by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Christ made this possible. Galatians 3.16 actually says that Christ is the seed of Abraham. So as you picture bearing fruit, as you picture this, I want you to picture the gospel that Christ is the seed that was buried for three days, and after three days rose from the ground like a vine, giving life to us, the branches, so that we might produce fruit and glorify the vine dresser who is the Father. It's through him that we have life, that we have nourishment, support. And I think I'm a little bit over. I'm trying to judge time. Like, okay, how much was this? Was Tori praying? Does that count? Like, do I I get extra time? (laughs) And so we bear fruit because we prove that we are his. And scripture says in John 15 that those who do not bear fruit will be cut off. Those who have a superficial connection will one day be cut off. stop right there. I hope today, though, that as we look at Christ and as we look at the example and as we look at the work that he did to make it possible, that we would not be content with living our lives the same way that we always have, but we would be led by the Spirit as we're guided by the Word in life transformation. How do, how do we walk by the Spirit? Can you throw up verse 25 real quick? So verse 25 says this, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. And so the goal of what Paul's writing here, walk by the spirit, led by the spirit, keep in step by the spirit, live by the spirit, is that we would understand that the Holy Spirit is with us everywhere that we go. And he's trying to make us more and more like him. And so don't be content with where we are, but allow the Holy Spirit to continue to work, continue to work in us, continue to produce in us the fruit of the Spirit. I know I didn't get time time to go into it practically, but I didn't want to give you like, here's what it looks like to walk in the Spirit, X, Y, and Z, because that's just legalism like we talked about earlier. But oftentimes the way that walking, living by the Spirit looks is it looks like I'm fulfilling scripture. And it's through the Holy Spirit that that is empowered. And then there's sometimes where I don't know what to do in life, where I can't find a Bible verse that says, hey, do this. Like when I came to Austin, there was no Bible verse that said, Travis Luna, go to Austin, Texas. There was no verse like that. But through the Holy Spirit leading and through even guiding through his word, I am here. And so um, let's pray. God, we love you. Jesus, we thank you so much for not just setting an example, but not being selfish, that your fruit, your love, and your kindness and your goodness was not just for us, or not just for you, but it was for us, God. So we thank you for that. Holy Spirit, I ask, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to look more like Jesus. Help us to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Help us to put to death our flesh that we may look more like you. You are a good Father who cares for us. Your word says that if we live by the Spirit, it is a choice. If we are led by the Spirit, if we live by the Spirit. And so, I pray, God, that you would help us to make that choice every single day to walk by the Spirit, to hear the Spirit's convictions, to to hear his comforts, to hear his impressions, his leadings in our life, God. We yield our lives to you, Holy Spirit. We love you, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're gonna move into a time of communion, and if you um, should have gotten one when you came in from one of the greeters, if you did not, there are some. There should be some.